section 15 of The Fourth Dimension Simply Explained by Henry Parker Manning. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avai in July 2016. Essay 13, The Fourth Dimension, The Playground of Mathematics. By Gath, Arthur R. Craythorne, Champaign, Illinois. The fourth dimension has been aptly termed the playground of mathematics. It has certainly called forth much speculation and a great deal of discussion which should not be taken too seriously. To understand the term fourth dimension, it is necessary to know something of its origin and of the train of thought which led up to it. If we mark some point on a straight line or on a curve, any other point on it is located by giving one number, its distance from the fixed point. Such a line or curve is called a one-dimensional body, and a given number will locate some point on it. A point may be located on the Earth's surface by giving two numbers, the latitude and the longitude. If the streets of a city are numbered, any house may be located by the two numbers which give the house and street. In general, any point on a plane may be located by giving the two distances from two intersecting reference lines. A similar statement may be made for a curved surface. We call such a plane or surface a two-dimensional body and two numbers will locate a point on it. The position of an anchored balloon or the bottom of a mine shaft is determined by three numbers, the latitude, longitude and the vertical distance up or down. A point inside a cube may be located by giving the three distances from the three faces which meet at one corner. Any point in a solid, or more generally any point in space, may be located by three numbers and conversely any three numbers will locate a point in space. We say then that space is three-dimensional. Here an inquiring student asked, Why stop here? Are there points which require four numbers for their representation? Or the student may be led up to the question in another way. A one-dimensional body, a line or curve, may be the boundary of a two-dimensional body. The boundaries of a three-dimensional body are two-dimensional. Do three-dimensional bodies bound anything? Or again, he noticed that if B is the length of the side of a square, then B squared represents its area, and B cubed the volume of the cube with edge equal to B. What does B to the power of 4 represent? Are there four-dimensional bodies? In trying to imagine a four-dimensional thing, the student turned back and tried to see how three dimensions would appear to a person who knew only two dimensions. He imagined a race of beings endowed with all the faculties of any rational being, except that they have but two dimensions and live in a two-dimensional region, say, a plane. We might think of these people as the shadows of three-dimensional beings. In their language, there are no such words as up or down, high or low. They can see nothing lying outside of the plane in which they live. 
They can move in any direction in the plane, but have no conception of any movement which will carry them out of the plane. Life in such a region would be under conditions quite different from life in three-dimensional space. A house for such beings may be simply a series of rectangles. A shadow being is just as safe from observation behind a line as a three-dimensional being behind a wall. A bank safe might consist of simply a circle. It would have to be very large, however, for there is no piling up of money in this country. If we imagine a piece of two-dimensional rope, we will see that it is impossible for the shadow beings to tie the two ends together in a knot, even if they had the slightest notion of a knot. If a schoolboy in Shadowland wished to prove that the corresponding angles of the two triangles in figure 1 are equal, because the corresponding sides are equal, he would perhaps show that each triangle could be moved over until the vertices occupied the positions A2 prime, B2 prime, C2 prime. He could not place one triangle on the other, for he has no conception of such a thing. If the triangles were as shown in figure 2, the schoolboy could not use the sliding method of proof, for no amount of sliding could make the points ABC coincide with A2 prime, B2 prime, C2 prime. He might, however, conceive of the sides AB and BC to be made of some flexible cord, and the point B pushed along the line BB prime until the cord again became taut, and then the triangle AB prime C could be pushed into the position A2 prime, B2 prime, C2 prime. In working with this problem, he might have imagined two one-dimensional objects in a one-dimensional region with the fixed points ABC and A prime, B prime, C prime respectively. These objects may be moved in a straight line, but not out of it. In trying to make the points A', B', C' coincide with ABC, he would find it impossible to do so by sliding along the line, but a rotation about O in the second dimension would bring them together. By analogy he might think that if he could turn his triangle over in the third dimension about AC, he could solve his problem. But he has no conception of such a motion, though he might call his work with the triangle made of flexible cord a revolution in the third dimension. By a miracle one of these shadow beings becomes endowed with a knowledge of three dimensions. He does marvellous things in the eyes of his neighbours. He can disappear and reappear at will. The strongest prison cannot hold him. If he moves out of the plane in which he has lived, he can look down into the houses, even into the insides of his neighbours. If, before returning to Shadowland, he should turn himself over, he would be a sort of reflection of his former self to his friends. His heart would be on the right side instead of the left. To his friends he would be left-handed instead of right-handed. After amusing himself with his two-dimensional people, the student returned to his inquiry as to four dimensions. By analogy, he supposed our space of three dimensions to lie in the midst of a space of four dimensions, just as his shadow land lay in the midst of three-dimensional space. 
he might speak of all people and objects as three-dimensional shadows of four-dimensional things if now by supernatural means a person becomes endowed with four-dimensional knowledge he can perform the same kind of antics that his two-dimensional analogue did in shadowland no prison could hold him he could take money from a sealed box without making an opening he could disappear and reappear at will in three dimensions we have similar solids which cannot be made to occupy the same space for example the right and the left hand by analogy with the schoolboy's triangle problem the student conceived of one of such a pair of objects being carried into the fourth dimension turned over and brought back the two objects can now be made to occupy the same place turning a right hand glove inside out to make it fit the left hand would have the same effect as turning it over in the fourth dimension since the inhabitants of shadowland have no sense of up or down they cannot perceive in any way the plane upon which they move but which is present at every point the imaginative student might then say that the ether which physicists claim to permeate our whole space is but the three-dimensional analogue to the plane of shadowland so he could go on indefinitely with his analogies but we must not forget that it is all the product of his imagination and that there is no more probability of the existence of his four-dimensional beings than of his two-dimensional ones while this student was amusing himself with his two and four-dimensional beings another student an investigator in the realm of pure mathematics had found that the ideas and the language of four dimensions were exceedingly useful by drawing two perpendicular lines as in figure four he was able to locate every point in their plane by giving the distances from each of the two lines like the schoolboy who begins his problem let x equal the number of men the investigator lets x represent the distance of the point from the vertical line and y the distance from the horizontal line he then for the time being concentrates his attention on the letters x and y just as the schoolboy manipulates the x in his problem without at all times keeping in mind that x means men it is an easy extension by means of three infinite planes to represent any point in space by three numbers x y and z again the investigator after letting these letters represent the point he is considering deals only with the letters and at times pays little attention to what they represent but there are other things besides points which may be represented by numbers he may wish to discuss spheres in space four numbers are needed to locate a sphere in space three to locate the centre and one to represent the radius again if he wishes to locate a line of given length he will use three numbers to locate one end of the line and since the other end can then move on a sphere he will need two more numbers or five in all to represent the line in any problem he assigns a letter to represent each of his unknown numbers whether the number helps to give position or not these letters he uses impartially in his algebraic manipulations 
he has called all the points in the plane a two-dimensional aggregate for any point is represented by two numbers. The points in space make up a three-dimensional aggregate. The totality of spheres and of straight lines of given length make up four- and five-dimensional aggregates, respectively. These two students are types of the two classes of investigators who have studied the subject of dimensions. The first delights in placing before us those creatures of his imagination, those two- and four-dimensional people with their imaginary environment. Just as the dramatist delights in presenting to us a hero who acts, under the conditions laid down in the story, in a manner consistent with his character, as presented by the author, so this writer takes pleasure in bringing before our minds his creatures, whose sole characteristics are lack or oversupply of dimensions. The second investigator is the mathematician who found it a real help in his investigations to use the ideas and language of four or more dimensions. He did not say that a four or five dimensional material world existed. He did not believe that our universe was part of an actual four dimensional space, nor did he ask others to believe it. It was but another example of the mathematician's delight in generalization. In this way he introduced the idea of negative numbers to enrich his language and to give him more power of expression. He never asked us to believe in the existence of a negative number of objects. The chemist is permitted to base his investigations on the atomic theory without knowing or caring much whether such a thing as an atom exists or not. The physicist may talk of the flow of heat in a rod without believing that heat is a substance or that it flows. The mathematician asked to be allowed to extend his notion of space and to include in it aggregates of more than three dimensions, even if this led to physical absurdities. The ideas and phraseology, as exhibited in the writings of investigators in the subject of dimensions, were immediately seized by the romance writers, the prestidigitators, and a certain class of spiritualists. To the first it gave a new method for the disappearance and reappearance of the hero or the villain. As a rule he returns as a reflection of his former self, having become turned over in the fourth dimension. To the second class it gave a new set of catchwords and phrases for use in sleight-of-hand performances. To the third class, led by Professor Zöllner of Leipzig, the fourth dimension became the abode of the spirit world. For them it solved the great problem, and many are their arguments to prove their contentions. The Bible is brought in to testify, and an extra dimension is read into the meaning of such verses as, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Ephesians 3.18 They boldly state that physical space lies in a four-dimensional space, just as a line lies in a plane, or a plane lies in three-dimensional space. Just why one should stop at four dimensions is not made clear. In a brief way we have then shown how the term fourth dimension arose. 
we have shown how the efforts of mankind to tear himself away from the numbers one two and three and to generalize have given rise to two classes of literature one purely imaginative fiction for the general reader and one mathematical for the mathematician from these writings words and phrases have been torn from their settings and used in a way never thought of by their authors and from this perversion of terms has arisen a discussion which has connected the word dimensions with mysticism and the occult this then is the explanation of the term fourth dimension but the persistent reader will perhaps repeat the question is there a fourth dimension if by this question he means does a fourth dimensional world exist physically all we can say is that it is highly improbable continued thought and discussion on this phase of the question will only result in the state of mind of the persian poet when he said myself when young did eagerly frequent doctor and saint and heard great argument about it and about but evermore came out by the same door wherein i went if a physical fourth dimension exists a three-dimensional being would never know it nor would he have any way of finding out the same statement may be made of two or of five dimensions as a mental conception the fourth dimension exists but the world of our physical experience includes only the three-dimensional End of section 15